My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Iteration 65. so ago, I was putting together an order for some of the art supplies that I'm going to need for my next few bodies of work, specifically the paints and various gel mediums that I use. One of the techniques I've been exploring lately is glazing, which basically involves laying down multiple layers of very thin color to create depth. I use acrylics, and the problem with thinning out acrylics with water is that if you thin them out too much, they tend to get chalky and they lose adhesion. Golden makes a product called High Flow, which is basically an acrylic medium. Think paint without the chroma so that all you have left is the binder. And it has a very low viscosity, which means that you can add small amounts of pigment to it in order to create these subtle transparent glazes. I actually used Golden paints for years, but in 2008 I switched from Golden to a company called Nova Color, and I've been using them pretty much exclusively ever since. So I called them to see whether they had something similar to the Golden High Flow. And as luck would have it, they do have something called Novaplex 235, which sounded like exactly what I need. Great. Problem solved. Now, during the course of the conversation, I mentioned how much I love their products and that I'd been happily using them since 2008 when they were recommended to me by my friend Father Bill Moore. And there was a long silence on the other end of the line and the voice came back with, yeah, it was such a shame to lose him. At first, I didn't think I heard him correctly. Excuse me, I said. Unfortunately, Father Bill died late last year. I felt like somebody punched me in the gut. I don't remember really what I said after that or how the conversation ended. In fact, I called James back the next day to apologize just in case I was rude or abrupt, saying that the news really did catch me off guard. He assured me that I was fine, and he completely understood my reaction. He meant a lot to a lot of people. I think I need to rewind a bit so that my reaction makes a little more sense. At the beginning of 2008, I started painting again after a 20-year hiatus. I was painting in college, but a series of events led me to the conclusion that if I wasn't going to be de Kooning or Pollock or Rauschenberg or hanging MoMA, then what was the point of painting at all? Turns out, literally everything else is the point of painting. But that's another story. At 21, I was convinced that I knew all I needed to know about everything. So long story short, I stopped painting altogether. I actually still have one brush from that time in my life that I keep to remind me of how much hubris 20-something Jeffrey carried around with him. So in addition to starting to paint again, I also started spending more time in the arts colony in Pomona, California. Pomona is a town about 35 miles east of Los Angeles, and apparently at one point it was fairly important. According to Wikipedia, Pomona was known as the Queen of the Citrus Belt in the 1920s, and at the time had one of the highest per capita levels of income in the United States. In the 40s, the movie studios used it to preview new movies to see how they would play to middle-class audiences around the country. I never knew any of that. To us, Pomona was home to the languishing Antique Row and the Fox Theater and a small number of art galleries and warehouse spaces that were doing their best to reimagine Pomona as a vibrant arts colony. 
And for a while, I thought about moving there. I even looked at loft space. Every second Saturday, there's an art walk where the galleries and restaurants stay open late and a bunch of the local artists open up their studios to foot traffic. It was on one of these second Saturdays in 2008 that I first met Father Bill Moore. It was at a gallery called the Da. Now, technically, it's called the Da Center for the Arts, but everyone just calls it the Da. I don't remember the name of the actual show, but I do remember the work. Two paintings, side by side, that absolutely blew me away. They were simple, but had incredible depth. And the color palette just sang to me. I don't know whether I saw the name on the card or one of the friends that I was with told me who the artist was. Regardless, I learned that Father Bill was sort of a local hero to many of the artists in the colony, and for good reason. While much of the other work in the show felt like it was trying too hard to be art, and that's art with a capital A, Father Bill's work just was. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like his work didn't want or need your approval to be good or compelling or thought-provoking or important. In many ways, Father Bill's work reminds me of Rothko. It just kind of invites you to be present with it. Later on that night, Father Bill actually showed up to the gallery, and while he wasn't mobbed per se, he quickly became the center of a fair number of people wanting to talk to him. I knew I at least wanted to say hello, but decided to let the crowd die down over a glass of wine. When I caught up to him a half hour or so later, he was by himself looking at some of the other work in the gallery. I introduced myself and told him how much I loved the two pieces he had in the show. He was very gracious and asked me whether I was an artist. I gave him the Cliff's Notes version of my story and told him that I'd just started painting again, but still wasn't really sure whether or not I had anything to say. He said he'd be happy to take a look at my work and invited me to bring a couple pieces over to his studio. My first talks with Father Bill helped bring cohesion and, maybe more importantly, focus to what I was doing at the time. And his feedback was always constructive, even when my work missed the mark. When I would bring him something to look at, if he liked it, he wouldn't say anything for the first few minutes. He would just look at it, letting his eyes move over the canvas. He might say something like, Oh, I like what's going on here, or, Now this is interesting. Once I brought him a triptych of 12 by 12s I was working on, and after a few minutes, he said, you've created a little world here with these that I want to step into. I think that comment kept me going for months. I still think about it, actually. I spent quite a few Saturday evenings at his studio over the next several years talking about art and life over a glass of wine or two, and his friendship and encouragement about my work gave me the confidence I needed to really immerse myself into trying to find a voice for my work. One of the highlights of that period in my life was having a painting in a group show at the Da hanging next to one of his. Father Bill and I had only been in touch a couple times since I moved to the East Coast, but I thought about him often, and I've mentioned him several times in conversation and on various podcast episodes. I think one of the things that made him so important to me was the fact that he was one of a small group of non-family members and non-friends to say that I had talent as a painter and that I actually had something to say with my work. And he was one of an even smaller group of people who I would consider a mentor in my life. Now, this is probably something for another time, but I don't think you can seek out a mentor. 
not intentionally and not with any real specificity in terms of who that person will be. And that's the way I feel about all of the mentors in my life. I never sought them out, but somehow our paths crossed and my life was made better for it. And hopefully theirs were too. My mom used to love the Tao Te Ching, and there's a passage in it that goes, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Maybe you've heard it. She actually used to say it quite a bit. But there's more to that quote that often gets overlooked, and that is, when the student is truly ready, the teacher will disappear. People have told me, and I've seen it uh, so much of my art, it kind of references snake skin, uh, fish scales. It's, it's all there in the work. It, uh, it always energized me, though, when I'd be out on the water. I just, I still love it. And it's amazing, too, how everything we do and look at and touch, that gets inside of us, and then as artists, it comes out in the work we produce, no matter what kind of work it is. Uh, we're always telling stories in our work about who we are, what we've done and where we've been. You can't get away from it. Rest in peace, Father Bill, and Godspeed to whatever comes next. Subscribe to Iterations wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to get Iterations along with In Between, Process Driven, and everything else I happen to release all in one feed, subscribe to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything. Connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Jeffrey Sidoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Or on my website at jeffreysidoris.com. I also have a newsletter. It's called Create and Release. And every two weeks, I write about creativity and offer suggestions and strategies for how to work through the challenges around creating and releasing what we make into the world. Subscribe on my website or at createandrelease.work. I'll be back in a week or so with another episode, and I hope you'll join me. Until then, as always, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your time, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye.